0: Hello and welcome to an ECFR podcast. My name is Katrina Bertel, and today we will be speaking to ECFR policy fellows Mattia Twaldo and Hugh Lovett about their policy brief, EU differentiation and Israeli settlements. Name it, own it, deepen it. Hugh, could you maybe first of all explain what is meant by this differentiation?
1: So the term differentiation is something that we've actually coined ourselves to a certain extent. And what it actually refers to is uh, the EU's obligation according to international law and its own rules and regulations to actually differentiate between Israel and the settlements within uh, EU-Israel bilateral relations.
2: And it's something that the EU has actually been doing for quite some time, uh, at least uh, since the early 2000s, as the contradiction between uh, intense economic relations and cultural relations between Europe and Israel and Europe's pursuit of the two-state solution uh, emerged more and more.
0: What is the benefit of applying this differentiation policy?
2: Yeah, let's be concrete about differentiation. The most recent example of EU implementation of this principle was in the case of uh, Horizon 2020, which is Europe's largest research funding scheme. Uh, Israel is the only Uh, country in the southern neighborhood, which is associated with the program, so it can actually have a say uh, in the layout of the program. In order to join the program in this capacity, Israel had to sign up uh, to a document which basically stated that Israeli entities uh, in the West Bank uh, could not be part uh, of the research funding scheme. Uh, The Israeli sign-up came with a condition that uh, uh, the, the agreement was there, but basically Israel objected to Europe's definition uh, of what is Israel, what is outside of Israel. And this is precisely the contentious issue. Uh, for Europe and for the whole world, uh, the borders of Israel are the ones of 1967. They do not include the occupied territories nor uh, Jerusalem. Uh, whereas for Israeli law, uh, these territories are not formally annexed. But there are settlers there, which is not uh, legal according to international law, and most Israeli legislation applies there, and the Israeli economy is undifferentiated between one side and the other of the green line.
1: And so to be clear, the first impulse behind this differentiation policy, it's uh, an EU requirement to adhere to its own rules and regulations. This is the primary objective of it, but however, in doing this, in respecting international law, and and clearly differentiating between Israeli settlements and Israel within these bilateral relations, I think that differentiation can become a very, very powerful tool for the EU in order to actively uh, flag this issue of settlements to uh, an Israeli public, and hopefully to start to perhaps change the current cost benefit calculations of Israelis uh, towards, on one hand, continuing uh, the expansion of Israeli settlements, and on the other hand, seeking to deepen ties with uh, the EU. And hopefully it comes to a point where uh, the Israeli public and also their leaders will be faced with having uh, you know, to choose whether they prefer to go in a direction of continuing the occupation or in the other direction, which is deepening ties uh, with the EU. But these two um, possibilities, the more we continue, the more we'll see these two possibilities becoming, I think, mutually exclusive.
0: The different labelling of Israeli products was discussed.
1: The labelling is a discussion that's been ongoing now uh, for at least a few years. And basically what it would seek to do is uh, to require, um, say, EU supermarkets to uh, clearly label uh, their products, to clearly label whether the product is made in Israeli settlement. Or within Israel proper. That's the only thing it does. It would not be banning these products at all. It's merely meant uh, to better inform uh, EU consumers about that. Several countries have already um, introduced their own national level voluntary guidelines on this. Um, but now the debate is very much about uh, the EU issuing its own directive, uh, which would be then applied to member states. Um, and this Debate has been somewhat postponed over the last few years for political considerations. Um, However, I think at a time where there is no uh, peace process and we're in a bit of a vacuum, um, I think it is a discussion that that is moving forward and we likely will see labelling guidelines in the next few months.
0: What was Israel's reaction to this?
2: Well, traditionally, there has been a very tough reaction by the uh, ruling majority in Israel... Uh, some uh, members of that majority have even called uh, European measures as economic terrorism. Uh, Basically, the reaction lumps together two very different things. Uh, Differentiation, which, as we said, is the result of integration between Europe and Israel, and this integration leads to compliance, especially by the EU with its own rules and regulations. A boycott is a completely different thing. It's actually quite the opposite thing, because it's based on uh, the principle of isolation. We don't like you, we isolate you. Uh, lumping together the two phenomena has been very convenient uh, for uh, part of the Israeli uh, ruling elite, because of course BDS is not popular, neither in Israel nor in Europe, uh, whereas differentiation is a different thing.
1: And this very much feeds into uh, what matthias just touched on, what is a wider... Uh, Israeli uh, effort at the moment to, to try to equate what's happening, differentiation and the EU's legal obligation uh, with BDS but also with accusations that the EU is behaving in an anti-semitic fashion or is seeking to delegitimize uh, Israel. And I think you know these accusations are completely scurrilous um, and are obviously also meant to try to make it harder for the EU to actually continue down this path of differentiation.
0: What is Israel's fear? What do they worry about?
2: Well, they don't want to be faced, and I'm talking about the government, with the choice they faced over uh, Horizon 2020, which I was mentioning before. At that time, basically, they had to choose between giving up on a big bunch of money uh, that was coming through that program, or accepting language which excluded settlements from those funding. They don't want to be faced with that choice over and over, But I think that if one looks at the debate that took place in Israel back then, one can see that it was the first time in years in which the issue of Israeli presence beyond the green line uh, came to the fore, thanks to EU policy. And I think it's a healthy debate that can help further uh, the peace process and eventually achieve a two-state outcome. Uh, At the moment, uh, there is uh, a kind of a kind of complacency among most of the Israeli ruling elite, that basically the status quo is tenable. But the EU position is that the status quo is untenable, and differentiation is uh, not just legally driven, but it's also beneficial to changing that status quo.
1: And I think this is where this policy of differentiation can be very impactful. Going back to this question of Israeli public opinion, and I think you know if you're going to talk about uh, Israeli settlement poultry products. Obviously this is something that won't really impact average Israelis, whether this, these uh, poultry products are allowed into EU markets or not. However, by virtue of the undifferentiated nature of Israeli society, by which I mean the fact that Israeli society in itself doesn't, no longer makes much of a distinction between uh, the green line, between what's over the green line in the settlements and what's in Israel proper. By virtue of, and because of this undifferentiated, undifferentiated uh, Israeli economy and society and what have you, applying the EU's legal obligation to differentiate, you will find that starting to impact, uh, I think, day-to-day um, activities of average Israelis. We're not there yet, but I think this logic of differentiation, if you continue further down this path, it will bump up against Israeli attempts to erase the Green Line.
0: What should the EU do next? Should they take any further steps?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think, as we've said, uh, differentiation is a very impactful tool, uh, but also it has a clear legal basis in international law, in EU law. It also has a political basis in terms of the different uh, Foreign Affairs Council conclusions that have been produced uh, by EU foreign ministers. So, so yes, I think it's the tool that, that perhaps can elicit the most EU-wide consensus around.
0: Thank you, Mathieu and Hugh. If you would like more information on the topic, you can find the policy brief on our website at ecfr.eu slash publications.